0: What's up, guys? Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com here with another RMR podcast episode. Today, I'm sitting down with entrepreneur August Battles Vance Global. How are you doing today, August?
1: I'm doing good. How are you, Mitch?
0: Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So you have a crazy story that we'll get into in a little bit. But essentially, mm-hmm. as a as a as a Gen Zer, as a younger guy, um, you know, you took a, 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 a very sizable, small, sizable uh, investment into the delta eight and cbd thc realm and have turned that into quite the business man so you know first off i got to give you a salute you're you're one of i think only two people that we've interviewed in your age range so it's always dope to see young people doing big things man of course thank you um yeah so i mean i, w- I want to get started of like you know a little bit I, before we get into you know Vance global and what that is man i really want to get a little bit of like the start of just your business acumen, like what inspired you to be an entrepreneur, to start your own business? Has it been something you've always had, or was it just like an opportunity that you eventually saw and seized?
1: Yeah, I mean, it started as like um, I always kind of knew when I was younger, I had good like leadership skills. You know, I like failed every class um, (laughs) I ever had. But for some reason, kids would listen to me when I was in their class, which doesn't make any sense. Um, So I always knew it would be like kind of an easy route to go. And then as I kind of got out of high school, didn't really know what to do with myself, my life. Um, I was doing music a lot locally. Um, And then I kind of just fell into it a little bit, you know, Um, figured out it's a lot easier to sell a product than it is to sell a person. Um, So, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of, I guess, I don't know. I never really saw myself as like the business type necessarily.
0: But. yeah and that's and that's interesting you know obviously i was sharing a little bit with you off off mic before we started that you know we came from the music sector and i've done a lot in that space still continue to do and i am always very vocal on uh, music is one of the hardest things you will ever sell you know a, 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 a up-and-coming musician right if you're a mainstream celebrity that has an audience right it's much like thinking of a product right you have an audience you have distribution you have a product when you're a, a unsigned independent up-and-coming artists you have to build demand and it is very so i shouldn't i guess i should in speaking this out loud for like the 300th time i am realized i guess i shouldn't say music's the hardest thing to sell music's one of the hardest things to sell Demand, you know build demand for um, and i've known many local musicians switch to other industries and build very successful businesses because i think they've just you know, they've, they've gotten very thick skin, you know, sharpening that sword of trying to promote music. So very interesting that you came from that space. How how did you get started with, with Vance Global? When did you start identifying that that was a particular industry that you wanted to get into?
1: Um, so in 2018, I was working like, you know, odd jobs mixed with like um, being a cook at restaurants and like assisting at offices and whatnot. Um, and then I had a friend that was worked for a distributor that was selling like vape juice and whatnot. And, um, you know, I came up with like an idea like, Oh, I think this is kind of where the market's going to go in a few years. And it was, uh, you know, THC cigarettes. Um, and about two months later they, you know, released the farm bill and I was like, all right, this CBD stuff, this CBD flower kind of looks exactly like the real thing. It'd be good to make machinery. Um, and make a brand and then just kind of have it go into that so it it started off just rolling cigarettes in a garage um with my friend and you know it just kind of it kind of kind of blew up immediately um just because i think what we got into was so niche um like a lot of people that i know are trying to jump into it now or later you know they try to jump into like lotions or like lip balms and stuff um or like, you know, obviously the oil and stuff is good. But, you know, as as far as like jumping in late and if you don't have a lot of money, I think I kind of hit the nail on the head and got lucky with sort of a niche market um, as far as the cigarettes go. So,
0: you know, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of, not only is there hype around CBD, um, there's also the push for the alternative to other things. And when you talk about, you know, the cigarettes, right? like. I, I don't know too many cigarette smokers that aren't uh, actively seeking or speaking about their desire to not smoke cigarettes. And so offering like an alternative that is, you know, safer, it's, it's definitely a market that's there. And I, and I completely agree with what you're saying. And when you look at the CBD market, it's definitely overpopulated with topicals and wellness and like granola yoga brands, but not to one of the core products like a cigarette that's been a huge economic driver in this country for, you know, I don't even know a century. I don't, you know, I don't even know how I many cigarettes probably been, been around longer than that. So it's interesting you grabbed the foothold yeah. on that particular product. And so at what point did you realize like, okay, this is not only is it a good idea, but traction is really coming to this product uh, within
1: the first month. Um, so I was just rolling cigarettes after work. I would roll cigarettes you know i get off of work at around you know 5 p.m and then roll until like 9 or 10. um and um within that that first i want to say couple of weeks we got it we got an order from a distributor for like i think he he wanted fifty thousand packs of the cigarettes um so he you know he put in an order initially of half of that you know gave us like 50 60 grand and i'd never really seen more than like maybe two thousand dollars in like my bank account or anything so when i saw 50 grand it was like holy holy cow this is a pretty big deal um and then the second month we doubled and the third month we tripled and um it became pretty evident that this was going to be more than just a a side thing to make a couple extra bucks um so I mean, once you once you quit your jobs and you kind of rely on yourself to get that weekly payment,
0: you kind of have to go all in, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly what I did. So, and then, so what, what were what were some of those initial challenges? Obviously, or, or, or challenges you had to overcome going from you know rolling these yourself to getting an order of you know fifty thousand units. That's quite a sizable scale, and probably you know obviously a lot more than you could do by yourself. Was it recruiting? more friends and people you knew to help? Did you actively seek at that point like outsourcing or machinery or kind of would that process go from like, okay, this is just a little side gig to like, damn, we're doing this at scale and we got to deliver quickly.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first, the first thing obviously was like production. So my goal was to make the product as cheap as possible. Um, So when i like, I say cigarettes, it's basically like a 10 pack of pre-rolls. At the time they were, I would only seen pre-rolls that were sold like singularly and Mm -hmm. they'd sell them for like 30, 40 bucks. I'm like, this is crazy. You might as well be buying the real thing. Um, So I wanted to make a 10 pack at the same price as what a regular pack of cigarettes would be. Um, And in order to do that, um, at that level, you had to hire on, you know, shit ton of staff. Um, which kind of raises your cost on those things. So the main, the, the main hurdle in the beginning was machinery because um, obviously everything that's ever been rolled cigarette-wise is manufactured to roll tobacco. Um, and the consistency of tobacco is a lot different than the consistency of cannabis. Um, so in the early days, we saw a lot of the competitors that came after us trying to, you know, make that cannabis flower, that CBD flower mimic tobacco. So they would add leaf to it. They would add all these kinds of different things and it doesn't even taste like it at the end of the day. Um, So so the main thing was manufacturing that machinery, you know, which I had never had any sort of like engineering experience or anything whatsoever. I just knew that it had to be done Um, and I was obsessed enough, I think, with that. Um, I would say that the next hurdle was definitely, um, getting all the logistical things in, in order. Cause I'm not really like, I'm not really a logistical guy, you know? So, but you want to protect yourself. You want to make sure you're paying people in the right way. Um, you want to make sure you're, you got a you know business license, all the licensing, um, which can be a little, it was hard to navigate cause none of the banks wanted to open up for, uh, cannabis businesses or cannabis alternative businesses. So you have to like, now they're okay about it, but in the beginning you have to like go in and lie. You gotta, they ask you what business it is and you gotta be like, oh, it's a herbal business and you know, whatever the hell. But um, there was just, just little stuff like that. I was 21 at the time. So a lot of older people in the business realm already kind of, you know, trying to take advantage of you as far as Mm -hmm. nickel and diamond the whole time um, when you sell the product. So, but nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing, nothing too crazy, really.
0: And so, um, you know, in this distribution, right, you started out having some, some friends that under were a part of that distribution channel. How much effort did you have to put into like pounding the ground in sales uh, versus like working with his distributors because from my you know my understanding right like the traditional cannabis space a sales guy's got to go knock on doors maybe he'll meet a chain that has you know three to ten stores you're obviously dealing with you know with in your realm a much broader audience of distribution points um where you can also work with a distribution person who i'll have like distribution to an entire region so were you kind of focused at that start of finding you know one two three outlets or were you really Pinpointed in on finding like big distributors that could really advance product at scale. Um, it,
1: it was it was everything in between. Um, mm. I, w- I wanted to have a list of stores that we sold to directly, consumers that we sort sold to directly, as well as you know medium to large scale um, distributors. Um, it, it, it was a lot of going door to door. It was a lot of going on trips. And when you're starting off in a new business where there's only a few thousand dollars in the bank account, but you got, you know, 30 employees, um, it could be a little risky to send somebody out, you know, and go out on a trip to Texas or, you know, Florida or, you know, East Coast, because um, you could be out two, three grand if you don't make a sale. Um, so it, the, the you obviously you want a distro in the beginning. Um, just from my point of view, I know a lot of people don't go that way. A lot of people stick to online or they stick to just direct to store, but um, my main goal is just kind of brand recognition. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
0: yeah, I know, I know a lot of people that have gone the e-commerce route because they want to control the supply, you know, the, the supply chain down to distribution, the customer experience, if you will. Um, but obviously going that route poses an entirely new set of challenges of like advertising and marketing in the cannabis Delta, THC and CBD space. Um, and it's very difficult to build and scale and it's another very crowded market. Right. Um, and so how much, I mean, obviously starting in 2018 was pretty early, right? Like this last, the last two years, we've really seen this boom. And like the last year we've really seen Delta boom. So. At what point did you start branching out from CBD to exploring other cannabinoids like Delta A?
1: Um, so COVID, um, I mean, we were able to do, you know, well into the seven figures our first year with just one, one SKU, which is kind of rare, you wow. know, just selling one product. We didn't have 50 other products. Um, and I always wanted to keep it that way because if you could do it with one product, then, you know, you keep that quality control. But um, COVID really changed a lot of things, you know, and I don't think we've like fully comprehended how it's changed commerce in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, my, my main focus during COVID, obviously, when all the stores shut down and all the distros had to close down, was to focus more e-commerce based um, and CBD was kind of. It's something that people needed during COVID, um, and then Delta Eight came out, and it was, you know, something that people also needed during COVID, um, and the convenience of the of that, um, just having it delivered as opposed to having a dealer come to you when he's got to wear a mask and all kinds of stuff, um, I think was a really good good thing. But there's there's all different kinds of you know to answer your question. There's all different kinds of alternatives right now. Um, that are coming out and there's going to be more and more and more Um, and I'm going to try and, you know, have a cigarette or a gummy for absolutely every single one of them Mm. going forward. At least the ones that I think are going to be, you know, people are going to like. So that way we could just be a one-stop shop. You just go to our website, you know, we kind of are like that right now, but, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, And, you know, it's, it's been a, been a hot topic Um, you know, I, I reside in Washington where cannabis is legal and there's, we had an issue where people were taking Delta eight and converting it, synthesizing it to Delta nine, selling them, I don't know, create this big stir within the industry, the cannabis industry, the traditional THC industry up here. And so in Washington, as far as the industry has this like really bad taste, but it's also a lot of miseducation around the subject of Delta eight. But you and I were talking about a little bit before we started this, of just how impactful having these cannabis alternatives to THC, which is federally illegal is, especially in these states that cannabis is illegal. And, you know, some states, you know, you get a fairly severe punishment for something that you can get in Forbes magazine for in the state next door. Um, How, how, how much is your business happening in states where cannabis is illegal versus states where cannabis is, is legal?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, the main, the main states that Google and you know look to buy cannabis are in 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 the South um, right now. As far as just singular consumers go, um, when you look at it on an average scale, I, I, I think like there's definitely that sort of mentality where there's a lot of people that want it, um, they can't have it, so they order it, and they're more likely to order online in those southern states as well. Um, so. It's it's definitely been a lot. I think you're right on the money with that for sure. Um, Texas, unfortunately, Texas. I know we were talking about that earlier, but Texas is a big one too. Um, but it's it's pretty risky per se to sell anything in Texas sometimes. Um, so I've had salespeople get arrested down there. I've had packages seized down there with
0: with Delta and CBD.
1: With with just CBD. Some yeah and. Yeah.
0: 2019. Wow. Yeah. So, and on those, we don't have to get into that, but on those situations were you're able to get the product back or, or cease cease forever.
1: Oh, it's, it gets ceased forever. Yeah. You kind of just, you kind of just get ceased Yeah. forever. They treat it, <clears throat> but you know, there's a, there's a lot going on down there. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've seen that there's some recent talks. And so that's another thing is like how, what are some of the challenges you faced, um, you know, over scaling this business with the, you know, being on the forefront of some of these like Delta A is pretty new and I take it you were probably there right around the start. And so with that being so new legislation and the discussion and regulation has changed pretty significantly around that, but also with, you know, CBD and the and the USPS like not wanting it and then acknowledging it, but then the issues with vape. And so there's, there's been all these issues that are not issues, but subjects that have came up and created issues, uh, around regulation. So how, how have you stayed up navigating that? And do you get to sleep at night trying trying to stay in tune with all the laws of these individual States?
1: Yeah. You you just got to keep an eye out. Uh, you know, everything it's, what's, what's crazy is, you know, somebody can, Orders order a product of mine online completely legally, you know, in like Vermont or something. And then by the time it gets to them in two days, it's illegal. You know what I mean? If they switch these laws overnight, it's like, you know, what the hell's going on? Um, It's it's just it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know, Um, but it's like, is it legal or is it not? You know, I, I don't know like is it a freedom or is it not I don't it's just you're doing I'm doing something completely legal but sometimes I still feel like I'm like you know a drug kingpin or something so
0: absolutely and, and you know I know you alluded to it earlier with banking but that's definitely been another issue is not just banking but for you selling online you know e-commerce is payment processing and so Has that kind of tamed down as of late? I know there was a good period, maybe a year or two back where there was a lot of just, I don't know, all the guys that were doing it were no longer doing it. And it seemed like most of the people I knew were kind of switching payment processor every few months. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It
1: it was it was a real pain in the ass. Um, It was you would get by with a payment processor and then they would change the rules or you'd have a payment processor and they, you know, there's you know, stipulations on what you can and can't do, and then it would change. And then all of a sudden, now your website's down. Now you got a bunch of people that you can't, you know, put orders in and you're kind of just pissing money away. Um, thankfully there's a couple, there was a couple payment processors that were able to kind of climb through and be legitimized and, you know, go forward, uh, that. So we haven't had any issues with that since 2019.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely getting ironed out. And as we kind of continually approach this impending, you know, federal legalization of cannabis in general, or at least, uh, declassification, I know everyone's starting to loosen up a little bit more and, and the industry is getting aligned with more mature businesses, um, and these other ancillary spaces, um, you know, for you, uh, for for your company, like right at this point now, what is kind of the look? I mean, obviously you still, you know, I've, I've looked on the site, and you guys might have more products than just on the site, but you're still still offering the original CBD product, correct? Correct. And then, how how much has it changed? Like adding the delta eight SKUs, is that kind of has the demand for the original CBD product kind of slowed down or or dropped, and delta eight took a hold, or is it kind of a whole different vertical? Where that's still holding strong, and then now you, now you have this new skew that's just adding to business.
1: Um, I, w- I would definitely say, I would say, I would say it is not slowed down. Um, it's kept its pace. Um, it's definitely stopped growing. Like the people that are interested in CBD now, like I think everybody that was ever going to be interested in it kind of got into it um, already. And Delta Eight is just kind of new so it's the thing that keeps rising, you know, it's that sort of excitement period again. Um, and then there'll be another thing that'll come out in a couple months, I'm sure. And um, yeah, but it hasn't, hasn't slowed anything down, no. And,
0: and for you too, I know you mentioned, you alluded to wanting to have, you know, a couple of product skews around every cannabinoid that, that comes out, it has demand for it. How do, you, how do you look for and justify, okay, this product has demand. Do you kind of wait until the market is showing you that or you feel like you at this point you have a little bit of intuition or is it a little bit of both? I I just
1: I listen to the reviews of what uh, people say, you know, so I'll make a I'll make like a little prototype of some stuff and then I'll just have, you know, give it out to a bunch of people, see what they think, Um, because there's a lot of, you know, snake oil stuff comes out every once Mm. in a while. Um, where it's more or less like, you know, it's like a slap chop buy at the at something you buy. Oh, I want that. You know, when you're at the counter at the you know grocery store, um, as far as like CBD and Delta 8, there are two things that are, you know, people are going to like it, you know, if it's something that they're into for sure. Um, but I remember CBG came out a couple years ago and everybody said that was going to be better than CBD. And then people were like, it's the same thing. Um, so I'm trying to avoid those sort of unnecessary types mm. um, simply just because I I don't want, you know, 50 million things on a website when somebody's only looking for the real shit. So um, tried and true for sure.
0: Absolutely. And that's definitely a big thing that's happened to this the entire space in general is like, Chasing that hype, and at a certain point, you know you can't. It's not a sustainable business model to uh, chase everything that is hyped. You know, it's it's right. more about staying true to your your core pieces of business, your core pillars of business, and then you know strategically adding to that. Um, what, what's your what's your big vision for for you know the end goal? If you don't mind sharing with this of where you want to see this company taken.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean the end the end goal is for it to be when you know when when tobacco started a couple hundred years ago everybody was just buying the tobacco and the leaf and putting it in a pipe um it took a couple hundred years for it to evolutionize into you know the joint form where you roll your own and then another hundred years for it to you know be mass produced in a pack where there was a filter and it was common and it was cheap cheaper than just you know buying it yourself and convenient um I see Vance Global being a name brand um, in the cannabis industry as a whole for just pure smokeable. You know, I know we got the vape thing and everybody's going to go under the vape, but there's always going to be people out there that just like burning shit in front of their face. Um, There's going to be people that want to smoke on their lunch break without having to bring a bong to work. Um, There's going to be people that just want to go to the store, buy a pack of Vance Global's and just be able to smoke them freely throughout the day um the cigarette design works because it's more convenient and you know i i, I see the end goal of this it being huge um and obviously that's just me talking as a business owner I don't, i'm not you know trying to blow smoke up my own ass or something but yeah that's that's kind of what i want
0: Uh no. I I can see it. I mean, and clearly you're off to a big start uh, of building with this business. Um, you know, definitely one of the bigger stories, there's been a few people that have cut through, you know, like we said, there's a lot of people that have jumped on CBD or Delta hype, um, you know, maybe built an e-commerce business or tried to do the drop shipping route. Um, there's so much emphasis in our culture. That's like, uh, we're addicted to the, you know, you see a headline, like the headline that we'll probably have for you. And people are like, I want to do that. And just like, take an overnight approach thinking, right, like, how can I make the most amount of money in the least amount of time when, you know, some people can can strike luck, you know, on those situations, but it's really a brick by brick thing. Um, And so how much do you attribute, like, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure it's been a lot of uh, long days and long nights, but how much do you attribute your success of being like right timing? And then how much do you attribute of, of like, really just grinding and just doing the grueling, tedious day after day task? Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's at at this level,
1: I think most of the people that got in it and got lucky are you know COVID did them in, Um, so I I I think there's there's it's a little bit of both, but um, there's definitely a lot of grinding that happened in the beginning, um, for sure. So, um, and the the money and everything is good as you as you mentioned, uh, but it's it's more or less just sort of a it, it gives me the ability to kind of live and direct sort of the life I want right now, Um, being like, you know, the stoner kid, you know, you don't want to have to get up for class. You don't have to tell people, you know, have people telling you what to do all the time, telling you not to smoke, getting yelled at by your mom or the cops or some shit. So Mm -hmm. this kind of has been able to, you know, prove to myself that as a smoker, I can be hardworking, I can grind. I'm not lazy on the couch, you know, like that typical stereotype. It's, you know, I smoke because I like it. And I've been able to kind of prove that to myself and other people. So,
0: absolutely. That's such an, you know, the important thing about cannabis legalization and the continued conversation of that is, you know, breaking the stigma. And, And through this legalization and accessibility of different components of the plant, it's allowed many people to share their story that I think other people can relate to or look at. You know, it's hard to look at a kid that, <laughs> that it started at 21 and built a business to the scale that you have by age 24 and try to apply a stigma like a oh, lazy stoner. Right. You know, right. it doesn't it doesn't match up with the with the tagline there. And I think that's an important thing about continually uh, you know, sharing these stories. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we, at the start, we were talking about, you know, the business kind of took off quickly, but at what point in the last I mean, three years is not that long of a time, especially when you count the last two of COVID being so unique. Um, but what point did you sit back and for, you know, get that moment where you finally kind of pulled your head out of the grind and sat back and were just like, wow, like this is what I'm doing is impressive.
1: Um, it would prob- probably, you know, um, probably like early, maybe early on, you know, um, I, w- I, w- I would say, there's like levels, obviously the first time was being, you know, being a boss. Cause I had never been a boss for anybody in my life, you know? Um, so having that happen, having to where I was busing tables and then a few months later I have 40 employees under my belt. Um, that was definitely kind of a big thing. Um, And then, you know, being able to, like, move out of the office, because I was living at the office for several months. So being able to move out of that and buy, like, a nice apartment was pretty cool, too. Um, That's kind of those staples of, oh, I did it, you know. But
0: Yeah. And so how much, you know, how much did it take, like, internally? I mean, you know, you you, again, you said you were, uh, you know, felt like you had some leadership qualities at a young age, but to go from, like, you know, busting tables, which is not that high on the totem pole at, at, a, at a restaurant, right? Or working as a server yeah. to, you know, having 40 employees. Like, did you have to kind of overcome or internalize any form of, like, confidence or education? Or you felt like once you got put in that position, you're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm built for this.
1: I mean, I, 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 I guess, you know, um, I don't. I, I, I guess that's a, that's kind of a deep question. Yeah. I would say um I would say that I don't I think I was definitely built for this. Um but I just didn't know it yet in the beginning for sure. So that confidence kind of comes out a little bit later. Um but
0: yeah. Yeah. So I I don't mean to take it too deep. No, know, that was good out there, sharing a joint, you know, that was you know good. That's I'm, better be, <laughs> I'm be dreaming about
1: that down. tonight. I'm a Really think
0: about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I come I come from, you know, taking these deep questions in, in a in a in a circle or a session, you know, that that's right. where, <laughs> where the inspiration right. comes from. What are um, what are what are some pieces of advice that you have for other young young entrepreneurs out there that that have just an idea that they've kind of been, you know, they're working a job and they're mulling over this idea? What are some pieces of advice that you give that, you know, your 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 older self, what not older in age, but past self?
1: Um, yeah, I, w- I would just say, you know, keep being, uh, you know, obsessed that, you know, that uh, that obsessive nature is good. I think in people, some people just direct it towards other things. I think everybody has it um, and like try not to worry too much for sure. Um, obviously failing a bunch, all my classes in school kind of prepared me that the world was going to be, you know, super unachievable and success was going to be unachievable and that everybody who's ever going to be rich is rich already and their parents are going to give them a bunch of money but it's it's not like that it's just you got to run a little quicker i think so but i i don't know
0: fail 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 forward man not not yeah. being scared to fail right yeah um, that's such a big part of it. What What do you think? Or did Did you feel like did you have mentorship, or was there any advice given to you at a certain like an earlier point in your journey, or you feel like it was more like what you've learned is definitely rooted in experience?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely rooted in experience. Um, like, I, I would give like my main, um, just like the whole kind of like obsessive nature and to kind of keep going obviously with the building and the machinery and getting over the, the hurdles is, you know, the thing for me was just like learning an instrument was really good. Cause it's not something you could do with some cheat codes overnight. Like it takes years to really like get good in an instrument. Um, you suck for a long time. Um, so I would, I would kind of put maybe a little bit towards that
0: for sure. Um, but,
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah an I mean, that's that's a great that's a great analogy um i haven't used that a ton but i mean it's a great analogy right you can't fake um you can't fake an instrument i know when i was in college man i took a i took a business class and i knew like math you could get partial credit certain things you could like game the system but when it came yeah. to music <laughs> you can't you know when you you step up you can either play or not you either put the work yeah. in or or you have it and it will for sure uh, be shown, and to my case, it was uh, to public dismay a few times. Right. Um, right. So that's 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 wild. What uh, what 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 sector of like what what genre of music did you play in?
1: Uh, so I played guitar. Um, I just I could never find any bandmates because I was moving around all the time. So I just did like guitar, like acoustic and singing. Um, so I did a, did like two hundred shows in wow. twenty eighteen, just doing like bars and like you know coffee shops and outside weird things um most of it you don't get paid so as far as rolling a couple packs of cigs and being able to sell them it was like damn this is fucking piece of cake so
0: yeah yeah most most certainly i mean that's what i always akin uh any Anything in music, any hustle in music, you do it for the passion or for the love. You do not do it for the financial reward. No. <laughs> if you get into it, you know, it's it's definitely a lot of luck um, yeah. and a lot of effort on the front end before you see anything on the back end, you know, when it comes to music. And so it's, it's just funny to hear your story and to know you're in music. It's like, oh, that's that's where he got it. Like, that's the ultimate. You know, you want to talk about failing forward or <laughs> putting your all into something and, uh, you know getting pretty much nothing back for it uh, other than just internal value right and then you you apply that to a hustle where it's like all right i can put the same level of intensity and passion and effort into something and like there's something out from it right and so um would you also attribute that to i mean you kind of alluded to it on that that last answer but being able to shift from putting something into it you know into a passion but putting that same level of effort into something and getting something back from it do you feel like that was also an early inspiration for you to be like all Right, I'm going to, I'm going to keep pursuing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that first month when we got that, you know, $50,000 order, it was like, Oh shit. Like I thought for sure I was going to have to throw two or three years into this to even mm-hmm. touch 50 grand. Um, so yeah, I mean it's, 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 it's definitely, it's definitely good. I mean, like you said, I could Google the answers to an algebra test, you know, and be an expert on algebra for seven minutes. But as far as whipping a guitar out when your friends are over, you know, it's a slippery slope. It's either going to be good or it's going to be cringy. So
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: you really got to show up.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, back back to the business now, um, you know, obviously you started in the, you know, cigarettes or pre-roll realm and have expanded to, to gummies and are definitely kind of focused on both of those product skews. Which one do you feel like, I mean, obviously the the, the cigarette uh, model was your, the, the basis, the blueprint for your business, but which, which of those models do you feel like has kind of the most potential in this space over time?
1: Hmm. I think, I, I, I mean, I think the, the original, you know, like, um, I definitely think cigarettes are, are going to be our kind of calling card. Um, I think, you know as far as vertical integration goes i think all the companies that are going to do really well in, you know the food market are the ones that have been doing food for 100 years um i think uh, you know we'll probably vertically integrate and buy all the those companies um i think what i got going on as far as the cigarettes goes it's like it's, it's niche enough and Big tobacco doesn't really like to do anything themselves, so we'll just throw a bunch of money at those kind of niche pockets and those niche markets just to make it go away. Mm. Uh, so, but, yeah. I think for, for me, cigarettes, for the industry, I don't know, maybe vape. Vape, vape. might be the big thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, which has obviously been the the most, held the most scrutiny with the the vape gate or whatever you want to call it, you know, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and then the, the complexities now of, of, of shipping that, but obviously as we move forward. And then another question I had for you too is, as we move closer to this, you know, again, this impending, just whether it's declassification or federal legalization of cannabis, which will ultimately ease up regulation for individual can- cannabinoids in, as well. Um, do you think that a lot of the industry is going to stay e-commerce, or do you feel like the brick and mortar is going to see a surge when things become more accessible, um, or do you think it's going to, you know, hold a healthy balance of of what it looks like right now?
1: Um, I think I think it'll hold a healthy ba- balance for sure. I think um, I think we'll get slowly and slowly more into the e-commerce space, actually, um, just because, uh, you know, I like. I think the UK is, they're they're saying that like 84% of the purchases in the UK are going to be online based. Um, So I I think like the United States, we've tripled since 2019 as far as what's being purchased online and what's being purchased in store. Um, I think there's just a level of convenience there that, you know, our generation and the generations behind us are slowly getting more and more integrated into like, I don't even think kids go to the mall anymore, you know, not to be like mm. that old guy, but like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, easy, man, easy, man.
0: you're 24. All right. Don't be yeah. throwing around. Old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, I think it's going to be all online and it's just, it's convenient. You know, I think, you know, the dealer is going to be the UPS guy really. Um,
0: so, but, yeah and then if there's one thing that you could change about the industry right now and that could be regulation education or anything like that what's what's the one thing that you'd like to get see changed
1: um i just i would like to you know see the i mean it's all pretty good for me right now um i'd like maybe like a more more of a blanket approach to this um there's like kind of a lot of confusion going on and when the DEA releases a statement saying it's legal but we're watching you it's like is this a right because it feels like a privilege kind of thing um kind of feels like dad said it's okay to play out in the backyard but he's like yelling at you every time you fucking pick up the football or something so I don't know I think um maybe just treat it like it's a legal thing, you know, like it's alcohol or something. Um, obviously regulate it a bit. There's still a lot of companies out there that are like putting what they're put putting stuff in it that they're not saying stuff mm-hmm. about it. You know um, there's companies that are like mixing filler and which is always going to be a thing, but that's if it's regulated, maybe it won't be that big of a deal, you know what? Um, but I, I don't know. I guess just regulate it for sure, but stop making people that are obeying the law feel like criminals.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think that's a, a fair a fair uh, criticism of what's going on. Right, is just wanting understanding that lines in the sand need to be drawn but like defining those lines a little bit more than leaving them ambiguous which is so much of what's happening around cannabis in any facet of 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 the plant is people are making laws but then there's they allow too much gray area and then in that gray area there's inconsistencies and so it's like you know like what we're talking about a little bit before this what's right today yeah you know, you can't tell if it's right. You know, it's who is it right to? It might change based on what government regulatory body or anything like that. It's, it's yeah. definitely confusing. And you're,
1: you know, they're, they're playing with people's stresses. You know, there's like 40,000 smoke shops in the United States. And most of which are owned by like mom and pops and stuff. And every night they got to worry, is my state going to freaking take this away tonight? You know, mm. it's just not really, it's like, it's just not, it's not cool. Um, you know, people's livelihoods are on it, which is what America's supposed to be all about, is owning your own business and making it happen. So, I don't know. It still feels like a witch hunt. It's just, you know, there's no witches anymore, really. But
0: Yeah. That's fair. Time, times are changing, man. So, you know, for, for the people out there, before we get you up out of here, man, where can people yeah. find Vance Global?
1: Uh, vance-global.com um it's all right there you get some you'll get some uh, i'll throw up some promo codes so we can get a good discount on there um tonight tomorrow and this week and dot com.
0: and that's where consumers think, can get stuff there wholesale people oh, who can yeah. get in touch with you there oh yeah 100 awesome awesome man well i really i really appreciate you joining us today on this podcast episode um again your your, your story is a is a great story. I think it's inspiring, A, because of your age, B, because of just this exciting new industry. It's so new and being able to take advantage of it as it's literally unfolding in front of us and C, you know, which I didn't know until we got on here that you come from a music background. So I think that's an excellent point for a lot of our audience and just myself as well. Um, you know, now I'm now I'm rooting for you a little bit more, man, knowing, knowing where you came from. Awesome. So
1: thank, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Mitch
0: yeah no doubt august well i really appreciate you hopping on here with us man and to everyone else this is the rmr podcast man this is how august helped turn two thousand dollar investment into a million dollar delta thc company man um this is a crazy story i hope you guys learned something from it and the musicians out there i hope you learned something from this as well just knowing that that hustle that you're putting in time and time whether it's going towards music or will eventually transfer into another lane or industry you know, that hustle and passion, pursue that. That's going to take you where you need to get in life. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Yep. Thank you.